When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, my name is Jane. My name is Kurt, and that was a very high-pitched hi. <laughs> and this is Major Look, a podcast where we make each other watch an episode of one of our favourite TV shows and then try to work out why we love the things we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after a couple of bonus episodes, uh, we're back to a regular season. Yeah, we haven't done like a season with no theme since season one, so it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> so uh, for any of you who hadn't heard uh, some of our uh, much older episodes, which aren't always of the best quality. Yes, and also <laughs> might not be available right now. I'm working on it. Yeah, you can kind of find it if you look hard enough. Can you? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they're on SoundCloud if you want to find them on SoundCloud. That's yeah. just about the only place you can find them right now. Uh, yeah, and this other one that I'm not sure if that entirely works. But um, it's a hardcore really just honest to goodness made you look it's a new show that maybe jane's talked to me about or i've talked to her about or none of the above and mm-hmm. um the other person still hasn't got around to watching it so we're like okay forcing you via podcast that's right and this, this season's probably going to be a combination of some new shows that have come out since we first started doing the podcast that we haven't you know included in the in the season yet and if we get uh depending on how i go we may go back to some really old faves of mine that i've been holding off for a rainy day for so we'll see if that happens and if it does i don't know how i'm going to pick an episode from them <laughs> you'll have your work cut out for you by sure absolutely i sure will uh but that's enough about what we have done in the past kurt what did you make me watch this week this week i made you watch altered carbon Yes. Um, and uh, something that you wouldn't have really noticed, uh, but like some of the imagery of this, it didn't really make sense to me until I'd finished the season. Other stuff didn't make sense to me until I started reading the books. Uh, and uh, did you notice the little like effervescent kind of light show weird symbol thing at, at the, the end? end? I did. I did notice that. That is uh, a symbol of something that will be in the content of the next episode. Um, but you yeah. can't take it too literally. Um, always, and so it's 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 kind of interesting. It's a fun little Easter egg. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Instead of a cliffhanger at the end of the episode, which you don't always need, um, 
the last episode and on Cliffhanger, this one kind of did as well, actually. <laughs> it's part of binge culture, I suppose, for Netflix yeah, original shows. Totally. Uh, but uh, I just do really like that tidbit of like their kind of just imagery uh, mm. around a show that is very hard science fiction. You don't normally get a lot of symbolism in that sort of stuff. Totally, totally. So, Kurt, would you like to give us some context about the production of the show? And yes. then we'll do episode context and show context and all those things. Okay, so um, Altered Carbon is a TV series which uh, started in the beginning of February in 2018. Uh, it's actually based off three books uh, by Richard K. Morgan, two of which I've read. I've not got around to the third one yet. But um, the uh, first sort of the three books is by the same title, Altered Carbon. I'm not sure if they're going to change uh, production of this by that point, because what's interesting about the shows is uh, it includes a hard science fiction element of body swapping or body changing and altering your consciousness with, um, you know, a chip in the back of your spine. Uh, so essentially the character, the central character is the same person mentally, but each book he's in a different body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the central character that you develop rapport with and connection to and visual recognition of uh, and cast are probably going to change completely every season. Yeah, and yeah. so this is one of those shows which is actually taking, uh, you know, kind of more of that two-year gap in terms of production to get all their lines in order. Yeah. And also it's it's trying to accomplish this very Blade Runner-esque style, mm-hmm. um, you know, futuristic show. Uh, and it's uh, taking place 360 years in the future, which is something that I couldn't find. Well, I should have been easy to find with a quick Google, but I couldn't remember <laughs> from the back of my head when I gave Jane the um, show context. And this is actually... Um, uh, one of the situations where I think the TV show forward slash movie has actually done it much better than the book. Right. Turns out I'm not a fan of Richard K. Morgan. I just like his ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that he definitely suffers from a bit of uh, toxic masculinity without knowing that he's probably suffering from it. Which is what most toxic masculinity is. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I have asthma at the moment, so just bear in mind it may have do some it's coffee. Right. Have you got a puffer? You no, always I have don't, a puffer. Don't I've, you? I've got one, but I don't need it at this stage. Okay. I just might cough on occasion. I miss using mine. It was fun. Sorry, I know that's a very uh, <laughs> unhappy fine. part of life. It's I just fine. Think it's I haven't had asthma mechanism. in years. No, it's yeah, you weird haven't. weird at the moment. Anyway. Uh, he tends to veer a lot towards, in his uh, writing, uh, violence and women who don't really have much lines unless they're talking about the central male character. It'll come up. <laughs> but I will say that the TV show in um, uh, has, br- has much more deepened breadth. I'm looking for a word here. Depth? Given more depth to the female characters <laughs> in this show, making them much more interesting uh, and have much more um, opinions outside of just Kovacs. Well, I'd hope so. Yes, which you would see in more of the show, but hopefully you got a bit of it in this episode. Um, and so it is interesting. So the show is still on running. Uh, the uh, second season isn't going to uh, play until uh, next year. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been cast with the new Takashi Kovac as Anthony Mackie, who some of you might know as, um, ah. yeah, as uh, Flightbird. Why do I not remember his name? Falcon. <laughs> Flightbird. Yes, that thing that birds do. Uh, Falcon from uh, the Avengers movies in the MCU. And so he will actually be the new sleeve or body uh, instead of um, Joel McKinnon, who, McKinnon? I've been saying his name wrong entirely <laughs> for a few years. I thought it was Joel McKinnon. It's Joel Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Who was in... Are uh... you surprised? (laughs) No. 
<laughs> but uh, he was in um, Suicide Squad, and I hadn't really seen him in anything else before that. Oh, I did think he looked vaguely familiar, but yeah. we'll talk more about the actors that I found familiar in the show because it's a there's a one. few, there's a few, there's a lot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so um, that's a little bit in terms of the production history um, that's gone into it, um, and I really am curious uh, about seeing where these are going to go. Um, in this TV show, because I can't really tell you everything about the TV show because it's still in production very much. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you plenty about the first season. Uh, and I don't really care much to talk about more on Richard K. Morgan. He's, right. He's fine. I don't really enjoy his reading. The uh, actor on Audible, the voice actor or whatever it, <laughs> that, that person's role is, absolutely fantastic, apart from when he does a woman voice. Oh, God. And I'm like, just just read it out normally. Just he does this voice. this creepy, like, Marilyn Monroe impression for Brado. <laughs> and just, like, every time Ortega speaks in the book, it's just like, oh, Kovach. It's just like, <laughs> do you really think that every time women speak, especially hardworking women on the ground floor of a detective, like, like high murder crime rate scenario, speaking of breathy vibrato. It's just, it was just, it made it so hard to listen to the book. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like, maybe I should just buy this and read them the old fashioned way. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I gave Jane um, an episode four of the first season uh, called Force of Evil. Not Forces, which I very much misspelled when I first put that in the information. <laughs> I got it. Um, the show context is that it is based off this novel trilogy uh, of Takashi Kodach in a future where humankind's consciousness can be downloaded into a chip and bodies swapped as easily as rolling up your sleeves. I'm saying with quotation marks. Uh, the world has not e really evolved as the rich continue to get richer, but for way longer. Pulled out of his multi-lifetime sentence, Takashi Kovach has been hired by one of the richest men alive, Bancroft, to solve his own murder. Police previously ruled it as a suicide, as his memory of the last 24 hours wasn't backed up on his fancy life-saving satellite. Uh, and realising that the lead detective, Ortega, has been following Kovach on his investigation, he begins to suspect that the sleeve or body that he is wearing is important to her in some other way. He's found refuge at the Black Haven, a hotel run by an Raven? Black Raven. Yeah. Isn't did it? I say Haven? You did. Oh, I definitely thought I said Raven. <laughs> um, the Black Raven, a hotel run by an AI with an affinity for Edgar Allen, and he is affectionately known as Poe. Um, at the uh, reservation desk, he was attacked by a Russian, played by Penniket from BSG. Played by what? Penniket. Battlestar Galactica? Pen no. I can't remember his real name. I mean, that is his real name. I can't yeah, remember his character Ta Tamo name. Tamo is his first name. Yeah, um, I cannot remember his character's name from Battlestar, but he's Paul in Dollhouse, which is what That's I right. now think of. It took me so long to not think of him as his Battlestar character when I was watching Dollhouse, and then now I can't remember his Battlestar name, and I just think of him as Paul from Battlestar. Well, I'll probably Dollhouse. know it in a few weeks when I start really getting back into Battlestar Galacticast. So. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyway, uh, he but before he could ask any questions uh, from this Russian, uh, the gunfight ended with his stack being blown out. Um, but Ortega revealed that he was double-sleeved in a twin body, so it isn't the last that Kovach has seen of him. That was also a little bit of the last episode, because a lot happens in the first episode for that show context, so it's just really trying to set you up um, without a lot more scientific fiction mumbo-jumbo that wasn't entirely necessary or explained within the yeah, context Yeah, I may episode. ask questions about some of that stuff anyway, but... Yeah. yeah. So this is my episode context for the fourth episode that I gave Jane. 
In following the lead for a case, Kovach discovered Vernon, an ex-soldier and father to a girl whose stack has gone corrupted after the vicious attack she experienced that killed her original body. Kovach has now teamed up with Vernon, whose wife was an expert hacker and who pissed off the rich guy Bancroft and had been imprisoned. And with Poe's help, he is giving digital therapy to the girl so she can re-enter society fully sane. In order to extract information from the brothel that the daughter worked at, Kovach pretends to be the girl's mother inside a man's sleeve to have an in. Meanwhile, Kovach has been having flashbacks to his former life that got him arrested when he was a highly trained operative working for an extremist group trying to bring down stack and sleeve technology that the humans now abuse. In the last moments of the last episode, the girl Kovach was getting information from as Ava, the girl's mother, uh, apologizes beaten and bruised. Kovach is immediately knocked out and taken to a creepy white laboratory. As he loses consciousness, Gachi Kovach remembers being a young boy hiding in the closet with his sister from the angry yelling outside, whispering, never face the monsters alone. Right. So uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give a little uh, recap. Today's recap is super, super quick because, to be honest, not a lot of plot happens in this episode. No, I guess there's a lot more. There's a bit more emotion that happens in the episode. There's a lot of torture that happens in the episode, (laughs) but we'll get to it. Um, So I'm going to do a quick recap and then I'm going to play for you uh, something new that we're doing. Um, And this is uh, an idea that we're trialling this week. It was Kurt's idea that we should... Uh, record some little reactions kind of as we're watching the episode um, and and that will give you guys a little insight into what we're thinking as we're watching it um, and some of those kind of uh, straight off the bat reactions and then we, you know, may end up finding something to chat about in there. Uh, so uh, my recap is uh, Kovach is placed into a virtual reality where he can feel all pain but has no genetic enhancements. Uh, he is being tortured by Michael Eklund. I don't know the character's name, but Michael Eklund is the actor's name, and that's all I can think about because I love him because he's from Winona Earth and he's adorable. Oh, yes, also known as Bobo. Bobo. From Bobo, Winona don't worry. Um, but I'm going to call him Eklund the whole time. Um, well, So he's being tortured by um, Eklund while two engineers on the outside world provide torture apparatuses and bring him back to life every time he dies. Eklund insists that Kovach is some guy named Riker because this person, Riker, had a... Uh, beef basically with um, with Dimmy, uh, but Kovach maintain well tries to maintain his cover as Eve, and recalls his envoy training um, to uh, kind of keep himself sane. Um, in the flashbacks, he learns from his lady friend, whoever she is, that he can't beat the torturers in the virtual reality, he basically needs to find some way to pull himself out of that and then turn the narrative back around on the car- on his captors. Uh, eventually he makes his own heart stop, uh, which pulls him out of the VR as kind of a um, backup thing. If you die, you act for real, you come out. Um, and then he first pretends to be a cop and then murders the hell out of everyone, like literally everyone in the entire facility, escaping with Eklund's head. In the other plotline. Um, <laughs> Very different tone in the other plotline. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ortego, uh, Ortega and um, the guy at the computer who is Warren from Buffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is not a central character at all. Not a central character, but I was like, oh. Well, anyway, you'll hear my reaction. Yeah. Um, discovered that uh, people can make themselves invisible to video cameras um, and that this might have something to do with a bunch of crimes 
that's got nothing to do with the rest of the episode. No, it did happen no. in the game. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we dropped this whole plot for an All Hallows Eve slash Dia de los Muertos plot where Ortega resurrects her dead grandmother for the day to hang out with the family. Her mother disapproves of sleeve technology in general and is really upset about it. Um, Nana is fun for a while at the party, but um, the whole family kind of has to have a debate about whether or not. Um, people should be brought back to life or if you get one body, that kind of thing. Religion um, is quite very heavy in this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, death is a part of life and should be respected, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nana, despite being fun, asks not to be resurrected again um, because death is a part of life. After all of that um, and after Grandma is taken out of the big old tattooed body, uh, Ortega gets a call and shows up at Kovacs' crime scene. She then, by various ways, realises that he's at the Raven and she goes to find him there and he threatens to kill the sleeve of the body that he's in uh, and she admits that she does know him and knew him and cared about him and Kovac asks for the whole story. So, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's more or less the, the main plot points. Yes. Um, so I'm going to play now for Kurt my re- kind of reaction. Um, it's going to be long. What Kurt listens to is going to be longer than what you're going to listen to because I haven't edited some stuff out yet. Um, so I hope we don't refer to anything that you don't hear. Anyway. The music in these opening credits is kind of pretty. Ooh. But then it gets very dissonant at the end and threatening. Ooh. I hope Miles dies at the end of this episode. He's awful. Oh, and great. The naked, bloody uh, body of a woman, breasts and all. Love it. My next dude is slightly familiar. No idea how I know him. Ooh, but I know him. That's Michael Eklund. I love this guy. With a weird accent, though. Don't know what that's about. So is he like... Legit Edgar Allan Poe? How does that work? What's the logic behind that? Uh, gratuitous flashbacks, I think. I think these are flashbacks. What's her name? I love her too. Deisha Lifeline, that's her name. I love her. She's Australian and delightful. I saw her a couple comments. Hallucination? So assuming that you ew, 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 ew. It's Warwick. Oh, and he just said that. No, not Warwick. Warren. Ugh. On your period? Gross, 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 gross. I seriously can't watch this scene without wanting to strangle him. I hate Warren. Did she kill that dude? Is she allowed to do that? I do not like the look of that torture device. Nope. 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 Not. Nope. No. No. <gasps> it's Paul. I thought I just saw Paul. Show me Paul. The Asian dude is the main dude. Is that what I'm getting out of this? Like that's his old buddy? I think I'm starting to get what's happening here. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's all about torture and violence. It's great. I love it. You know, we don't need to watch him burn to death. Why are we doing this? I don't like it. So anyone can be brought back. Anyone? Nana is fun. I like her. This feels like so many family dinners. 
arguing about like big important things that you're never going to change anyone's mind over. Ugh, it's exhausting. Her partner and her mum. Is that a thing? Did we know about that already? Does she know about that? It's kind of a weird dynamic, right? This seems like it's going to be unpleasant. Oof. It's like a thing out of Stargate. The gold. Okay, but like how? Like you give in and then you just can control things? I don't get it. Is this the Matrix? What the fuck? You're in the middle of battle training. Stop making out. That's very unfortunate. Ugh, hot. Gross. That's not a romantic gesture. Dude, they're dead. You do not need to keep shooting them. Again, with the cutting. So much cutting. So, so, they, were, so they were my reactions as they were happening. Oh, I enjoyed that so much. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the episode, it will probably be harder to follow along with that, so we'll keep those bits short, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, those were genuine reactions. Yeah, they were mostly me just going like, ah, violence, no, stop. Ah. I, I did give Jane, because Jane's not a big fan of... of uh, gore and um, gratuitous violence and gratuitous violence and uh, action sequences in general. Yeah. Uh, whereas this uh, does feature that. It's not all about that. I know it seems like there was a bit. Granted, this is a torture episode. The whole episode wasn't about torture. <laughs> Only- no, the B plot wasn't about torture. <laughs> the whole A plot was though. Like you've got to admit that's what. Yeah, the whole but that's only about sixty percent of the show. Sixty-five. It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, I didn't tell Jane that it was torture, though, because I was worried she just wouldn't even want to watch it in the first place. Um, but, uh, yeah, I when I wanted uh, new from... Because I think we started recording this, like, not too long um, before Alter Carbon came out, and I got really excited. It was a while, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, I was super... I always knew that this was the episode that I wanted to show you, actually if we're ever going to do it on the show, if you hadn't got around to watching just, like, eight episodes. Great. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, just a couple of things in your response. Uh, sure. Uh, yes, it was overkill, but it was overkill for a reason. Do you remember someone mentioning RD, real death? Uh, no, but okay. Oh, okay. yes, I do. Yes. Yep. Okay, and so uh, in the show context, I mentioned that is Dimitri, his brother, couldn't be questioned again because his stack had been blown yep. out. Yeah. So what he's actually doing is after he's shooting the people, their sleeves are dead. But their stack's still intact. Yeah. And so their, their little chip inside their head that has all their consciousness will still be able to ID him and be a uh, loose end. Yeah. And yes, I do still think it is overkill. <laughs> okay. But he is actually going back and shooting each of them in the where the stack is. Yeah, um, I did. In that point. That kind of occurred to me at some point in my second viewing that that was what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, still a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think like, he I had think to he kill shot, the entire building. I think he shot everybody like four to five times and then, yeah, went about doing the entire building, including probably like some poor receptionist. Yeah. Doing a good job. Look, just, just that room. I almost would have been okay by. But well, that's one of the reasons why I liked this episode is because while I am very physically attracted to Joel McKinnaman. I thought it was just Kinnaman. Kinnaman, damn it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, it is. That's what it is. Um, I realised that uh, I don't like necessarily agree with the central character and I really like it when there's a central character in a show that makes choices that make you uncomfortable mm. because then they're not some kind of perfect bland middle ground audience central character point that doesn't really commit too much to a decision or 
you know, spends that so much time just waiting and waiting and waiting to make a choice that they don't really follow through with anything or they just make the kind of most boring ass decisions that are just like, okay, whatever. I like it when central characters make conflicting choices. I'm like, oh, I don't like you. I don't like you. I'm not sure if I want to keep following you. But I really like um, the fact that you got to see so much of Ortega's family. You've been seeing snippets of uh, her and her partner, her and her mother, um, and this is a time where you really got to sit down and see what this was like. In the first episode, they introduce, you know, protests happening about Neo C, about this uh, mandate of like a genetic coding that you can have on your stack that if you have religious beliefs, that you choose not to be um, put in another body, even if you're in the case of violence or act of crime, a victim, and could name your prosecutors, which is part of the angry discussions that are being had at the uh, table across um, the All Hallows Eve mm. dinner. I want to talk more about um, Ortega's family plotline more a little bit later, because I think that's the more interesting part of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I want to come back to that and talk about it more fully. So I want to get all the Kovac stuff out of the way, Okay, um, if that's okay with you. So I agree that making, like, um, questionable or, like, unexpected or morally ambiguous decisions is really interesting to watch in a TV show. Um, That wasn't really what I consider what was happening there. He just decided to murder a whole bunch of people. That's not a morally complex decision. (laughs) That's not, you know, have, you know... It wasn't even, didn't really seem to even be for revenge or to cover his tracks. It just seemed like... I'm a rabid dog let loose. Yeah, like <laughs> pretty much. It was just like a senseless act of complete and utter violence Yeah. Um, with, with no consideration for anything other than I feel like I want to kill everybody now. Mm. I mean, I guess like his... Understanding of, I guess, like Takashi does experience some level of um, uh, cultural separation from the world that he's in now because he was, I think, under for about two hundred and sixty years or something. Oh, right. So he doesn't. He didn't just like go in prison and wake up. You know, a couple of years later, he's actually been underground for over two hundred years. I did not know that. That would have been very helpful oh. to know. <laughs> I did not realize that he was. Locked away for that period of time. So the, the the world has changed for him. So like all of his like flashback envoy training stuff, all of those people presumably are dead now. All of them are dead. He is known as the last envoy. I see. I didn't want to weigh you down with all the information about his previous life and the terrorist activities or what's seen as terrorism yeah, and who yeah. the other chick was because it wasn't exactly essential to this episode. Yeah. I was just like, he's got a previous life. This is what he did. Well, it kind um, of it kind of makes all of the um the flashback stuff mean a little bit more. Yeah, because, because that's his own connection to life, the life he knew. Yeah, and and it means you know as he's saying you know that scene where he was giving his literal heart to a woman. Um, I was kind of like, I don't care. Like, I assume this is just going to be like a relationship that like comes back or whatever. But if she's been dead for 200 years, that's a very different story. Oh, and okay. a very different feeling to that scene. I still thought it was stupid for him to pull his heart out. <laughs> and that's why that he stopped his heart but in the just, real world. But just generally, like, <laughs> that kind of romance thing is a lot more interesting to me if it's a bittersweet I'm never like you're completely lost to me yeah I'm giving my heart over to an idea we probably broke up (laughs) I probably hit you and that's why you've left yeah or like or I went to jail but you're out there still somewhere like it's it's a very more bittersweet feeling yes yes no that is true I did miss out a but that's I I understand like it wasn't plot relevant um but yeah so I guess part of the reason why 
We've seen Kovac be a bit relentless, but this is when he really just went off the rails. Uh, in the previous episode, you actually see him do something for the betterment of two people who are not good people. And it was like, why don't you, you could have just killed them because they're not nice people. They're fancy rich people. He works for fancy rich people. So he's around at these parties mm. and stuff like that. And you saw a softer side to him. And I was like, huh, okay, mm. maybe he's going to be like this good guy. I guess I tortured that out of him in this episode. Yeah. And the thing is, I, while this, uh, this kind of technology obviously existed because in his flashbacks, he was figuring out how to break it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it is not a, uh, you know, secret government like area where they're like, you know, testing it on prisoners. That is just a building in the slums. It kind of sounds city. like it's a private corporation it's, or something. It's a company. It is a business. It yeah. is something that people pay money for. Yeah. He sees that entire institution as something disgusting and needing to burn to the ground. Obviously, innocence inside, but because of, I guess, yeah. part of the separation between the year gap and what he's walked <laughs> into, even though I don't agree with it, that's probably his main motivation behind mm. um, what this kind of thing is. And that's one of the reasons why I like... I won't go too much into that. We'll probably get that later yeah. in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that... Um, I Yeah, I know where you're getting from. I think it's very much, you know, you wake up, you've been tortured for several days and or hours or whatever, and, you know, you're angry and you want to take down the guys that did this to you or are, are doing this to other people. Um, it's just not, you know, the subtlest, most nuanced of storytelling. That's no, just, this is not for me, that's all. Yeah, but I, I will say, it, it, thinking about, in the next episode, he actually, because I, I watched the one after this, um, trying to see if there was any, like, key bits of information that followed through. Mm -hmm. um, and... He's like, oh, um, yeah, I can't, this seems like ages ago when I saw you. And she's like, it was the night before last. I'm sorry, I was under VR. I've been a bit out of it. So, you know, when you're in VR, you don't have yeah, this. Yeah, you said the time of reality yeah, yeah, is it's all. it's just like whacked out. It's very skewed. And while I don't think I have the capability in it of me to shoot someone with a gun, I think if after I'd been tortured again and again and again and again and again to the point of death, probably would shoot a bunch of people in the room that put me there. Uh, yeah, I but get not the entire building. The entire building. It's <laughs> and the, probably it's a lovely receptionist at the front of all. a torture organization. Yeah, sweet receptionist. Yeah, probably was just sure. saving up for annual leave. <laughs> probably, <laughs> if annual leave exists in this world. Um, yeah, so that's it's probably VR leave. I think I think just generally the gratuitousness of all of this plotline just kind of got to me. Mm. Um, there was, you know. The, the woman's body on the other side of the room, which kind of grossed oh, me out. Oh, her ribs were open and her organs were, open, were being, like, put into And even before that, places. like, we saw her, like, she was completely naked and bruised and stuff, like, on the table. We kept, like, flashing back to her, and I was like, what do we mean by this? What are you trying to show? What did you think about the tear that rolled out from Kovac's eye when he woke up and that's the first thing he saw? I didn't see the tear roll out of his eye. I did see him look over at her. Um, so it was like, yeah. So the first thing he sees is this horrible sight. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, there's actually a small tear oh, that actually rolls down. I did not down. see that. I'm sorry. So maybe, maybe it was also some sort of sense of vengeance for how many other people. What's been done here? I mean, like, is she the? Is she the she's girl? She's the person that went. No, 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 no. She, she's no one that we know. Oh, she's absolutely I, no one that we. Know. I assumed that she was the person who is um, being stack fixed. No, no, the other one who was beaten oh, up at the place no. and lured him there. I mean, I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> I assume that. I've seen this show for, like three times. I think. Yeah, right. Uh, I I didn't recognize her at all. Okay, it kind of means more to me if it wasn't her, um, because that does show that he is able to empathize with people he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's still it just kind of icked me out just having uh, you know 
a gratuitous naked woman's body on the side of the room with all her organs being pulled out. Like it was pretty gross. Mm. Um, and I think that they're trying to make a statement about it, but I don't know if I don't, I can't always tell when someone's trying to make a statement about it or just like, look at how fucked up this world is. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to kill all the women. Um, and all the men, obviously lots of men died in this as well, but like that's just that image is yeah why why couldn't we have a man be the point of of yeah or but like or something yeah i, I guess know. it's like it, on some the level violence people might... in general is just bad <laughs> just not nice i don't like it <laughs> some people enjoy violence jay i know but, but you know no, but I, I i will say that like one of the things that i like about violence in this show is that it feels emotionally charged it doesn't just feel like mindless violence even if it is being done by someone who seems like it's mindless violence it is a comment on how far society goes with this kind of technology and the people what i thought would be interesting in the show is something that i thought kovach would stay away from and i was like oh you have a perfect way for people to be like a gun-toting badass who can just shoot people all the time and he's not actually murdering people because they wouldn't rd them they wouldn't real death them they've still got the stack in the back of their neck um you know there's different penalties for uh damaging a sleeve as opposed to a penalty to someone who would be um you know who rd'd someone yeah, who actually really killed someone's stack and uh it's then he just goes off and just starts shooting everyone in the stack. So, like, nothing can even be mm. saved from what is represented here. I think I probably... I might be reading too much into it, but I do think that that is the majority of his motivations behind what he does in this scene. But this definitely is part of a downward... It, it, sorry, in terms of... It- What's part of the motivation? The fact that he doesn't believe in this technology. And oh yes, and, like, to, like, and what he sees of the woman across from him, and what these people have yeah, done right. to other people, yeah. and and countless others who have been tortured by this. Even if they have gotten walked out of the building, they've still been mentally, yeah, totally. um, absolutely abused. Yeah. So it's um it's it's understandable to want to bring down this kind of organization. And if you just kill someone without killing them, maybe they're just going to start it up again. He, like it's, it's yeah, but it's he's same, thinking but he's, not... he's, he's emotionally thinking in the moment. He's not actually thinking about what's the best course. Exactly because he's. If if he were, if he weren't just having like an a, a purely like visceral reaction, he wouldn't go for the people working there. He'd go for whoever owns the fucking company. Yeah, like no. that's what always annoys me about these. Like, let's murder everyone who works in the building. Well, yes, the people working in the building, not great people, but also. It's that they didn't invent the technology. No, they're just they don't, doing their job. They're not even making a profit off of the technology. It's, you know, it's always a bigger thing. And that's what I think always gets me about these kinds of scenes. Scenes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like, well, you're not even being clever about it. You're just being a rabbit animal. Yeah. Um, basically. Um, Which is why I'm glad Ortega gives him some grief about it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I hope so. I hope she continues to give him grief <laughs> about it. I would like for this to continue to come up as like a. You know, something you can't that, just go around killing people, and possibly something that like he comes to realize that like, oh yeah, that was probably a little bit much. Like, I didn't need to do that. Like, it's not part of his current job. It's not part of what he would have done as an envoy. It's like it's just something obviously that's a reaction to the trauma. Mm. Um, also, you are pronouncing envoy correctly as an Australian, but I think it's something annoying in. Um, they, they were calling it envoy, envoy. right? Yeah, yeah, it's E N V O Y. Yeah. yeah. I noticed, I heard somebody say that and I was like, is that just a you thing or is that a this world thing? <laughs> I think it's an American accent thing. I don't know if it is. Really? I feel like it's a fancy way of saying it. <laughs> just envoy. Envoy. <laughs> um, but I guess part of like 
his own training as an envoy. And you still, you don't know too much about that world at this point. Um, so you don't exactly know who the hell that chick is, who's who he makes out with and gives his heart to You're kind of like getting a bit more on the picture here in this episode. Um, you just get fragments of this uh, every so often um, as this goes on. Uh, did you ever watch Bionic Woman? Oh, uh, I saw like, the first couple episodes of I Bionic bought it on Woman. DVD. I was so, so sad when that show got cancelled. But he it was, was terrible. It wasn't great. It was fine. It was better than Smallville. Have you rewatched it? Not in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guarantee it will not hold up today. <laughs> there were some good moments in those shows. Good dynamic between the, the sisters and uh, villain and, and. I love Katie, Katie Sackhoff. Sackhoff. Is not her best performance. <laughs> She's fun as an evil person, though. Continue. Okay. Um, what was I talking about? I have no idea. Did I ever see Bionic Woman because... Oh, yeah. So the actual guy who plays uh, Kovach's real sleeve, his original sleeve in the flashbacks, is actually the trainer of Bionic Woman in that TV show. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's Jeez. just something that's really stuck with me. And I've it been seeing him like, in random cameo scenes because he's obviously a very well-trained fight choreographer and stunt person, but it's really nice to see someone who has acting capability be more than that in these kinds yeah. of TV shows and not just be... The stunt person behind them uh, whenever there's a shot where they're wearing a mask or a dark alley or that sort of thing. And so I, I'm very curious because at least uh, that Takashi Kovacs' face will never change. And I'm guessing we'll see more in terms of the flashbacks as these continue on as the series continues on. Um, I did love that you weren't really sure which one was Kovacs in the flashbacks. I didn't at first, first. realise we were in a flashback. Okay, because I did let you know flashbacks were going to happen. Yes. Again, I clearly didn't read the, the <laughs> context very well because I also forgot that uh, Edgar Allan Poe was an AI, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Is why Edgar Allan Ed- Poe still alive? Why is Edgar Allan Poe here? <laughs> why, what's the deal with this one? He was dead long before this technology existed, I assume. And then I went into this whole rabbit hole. I was like, wait, I don't understand. Did, like, did they, did, is this like an alternate reality where the like, they discovered that? Was, existed in like in the, the 1800s. <laughs> like, what's happening? Anyway, um, but it's fine. Now I remember that he's an AI. Yeah, got it. But, um, I think one thing that I also didn't like about this, and I indicated a little bit of it in my reactions, is that the virtual reality that they were in seemed to be like, not so much the virtual reality part, but this whole like escaping from the virtual reality. It all just seemed to be like- getting to the next screen. Getting to the next screen. It all just seemed to be like a bunch of like platitudes. Like you've got to let despair- like you've got to go through despair and then dissociate and then this like thing these and random blah. stages of grief or something. Yeah, it was just like it all seemed like very talky and I was like, cool, but what's the actual process? Like I would have been really interested in finding out what the actual mechanic of like because he didn't stop his heart in the first time to get out. Like that's not how you get out. No. But it is how he got out this time. Yeah. But what is it that actually gets yeah. you out? What Mental neuropathways, what was actually happening? Give us some science mumbo-jumbo. Don't yeah, just say, just... it's like, grief, emotion, get yeah. to the next screen, you use gotta... their fear against them. Yeah, I was like, and, and why Like, why was he okay, suddenly I'll, able I'll to make the chains disappear? Like, just because he wanted to? And he did the same thing in both things? And I was like, I don't... I guess, like, those were emotional labels for what you're preparing your brain to be able to do these sorts of things. I know. Okay, yeah. I'm, but like, I'm playing devil's advocate I, here. Yeah, I totally get you're playing devil's advocate. That's fine. It just didn't make any sense. It just seemed really wishy-washy. And I was like, considering this show was, like, really hardcore sci-fi, yeah, it, they it seemed to be really into... into the detail of, like, 
you spin someone up and there's sleeves and there's stacks and there's satellites and there's, there's things. religious issues. Why would you not go that route with this kind of VR thing and, and explain a little bit of, of like your emote, like if you have this emotional reaction to this thing, it, they even did that like with the um, enzyme bomb, which they talked about with the person mm. in the past where they were like, you know, it's obviously something that reacts when you get angry. I was like, that's a cool concept. Why isn't that built into this VR like yeah, thing where yeah. you go like, well, it turns out if you release the chemical in your brain that, that makes you despaired, yeah. then uh, you're able to trick the equipment into thinking that you're uh, dying or yeah, yeah, yeah. something. And, and you then, need to be pulled out. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like that would the have been a really safe. cool yeah, way to do yeah. it instead of just being really like, get to the next <laughs> well, it's not even about being in the next screen. It's about waking up. So, like, that's not even a good metaphor. I think I didn't like the fact that the metaphor didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, um, in other torture scenes, they would change the scene. He never changed the scene. He never changed the screen, so to speak, mm. to a different room or to mm. a different torture chamber or something else like that. Um, in the books, it's 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 much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, there's a scene which they decided to definitely not put in there. And I think it's good idea. <laughs> uh, I don't think everyone want to talk about it on the podcast. It's just, it was real bad torture yeah. kind of situation. More, yeah. more emotional abuse, but also physical abuse and yeah. not okay. And not something I think we need to see on television. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, um... Uh, but th that meant that, you know, he went through, he w even would be in different people's bodies at different points to mm. be tortured in because mm -hmm. he doesn't, he's not in a physical body. It's VR. He could be put in anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do agree. I think they dropped the ball a little bit in terms of matching the, the next screen and the emotional terminology. I think they're trying to emotionally charge the scene with yeah. the reveal that these two characters from the flashbacks mm. had a thing in the past because that's, that was, that's new information for us in the show at this point of time. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we have no idea who Riker so is. So we didn't so know her at all. No, we'd just seen her yeah, okay. given some sort of speech, you know, showing them that she's a badass in terms of fighting skills. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm bored by the concept of that relationship anyway. Um, the like relationship I is not really what that those flashbacks are about. It's about her ethics and him understanding her ethics behind stack technology. Well, that's more interesting. Yeah. Then they shouldn't have made that. Anyway. <laughs> but no, I think, <laughs> I think the show suffered from wanting to not sound too scientific all the time and yeah. knowing that it was upcoming to this heart moment and trying to sell that, which I don't think sold. No, uh, I think that's the problem. Like, if you wanted to do it that way, you've, you've got to sell it better. Yeah, and so uh, credit to, to to Joel Kinnaman. I think I think emotionally his eyes, and he was very good at acting and being tortured. I think he was doing a good job in that it's scene. a fine job. But it, but it's it's a hard job because he also had, we also had to see that he wasn't ever going to break. That yeah, was the whole point. and that he was fake breaking or like you know in in the books they change to different scenes so that get to the next screen would have made a bit more sense in that context yeah. i think that's definitely a failing on the television show in this particular instance mm. but also yes i think they're trying to emotionally vocabularily uh, <laughs> thank you for that new word um it's not a word <laughs> i said new um charge the scene before that moment yeah. And I think it was a failing on their part, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's is that as much as you want to talk about the A plot line of the show? I think so. I, if anything else comes up, I'll, tr I'll, I'll try and bring it back. But I think that's all I kind of had to say. It was not very interesting or... I knew you weren't going to engage in this part of the show. And I, I thought perhaps that you picked it for the other half. 
part of the reason, yes. But remember, we are we are treading this fine line when we pick episodes for each other that aren't the first episode. Yeah. Where it's like, wait, do I pick an episode that Jane will really like, or do I pick an episode that shows why I really love the well, show? Well, yeah, but I figured and that it's what... also like a very push and pull process. Yeah. To try and, and figure out what would help you see, but also what helps me see. Especially when I imagine that this, the second, like the the part B of this episode is totally why you're into this because it's all about the philosophical debate. But also True. the first part is the. The, the A plot is completely what I disengage from. So these two parts of the show were utterly dissonant to me. Yeah, I guess uh, for someone who doesn't like certain themes mm. or certain ratings, you're fine with highly rated stuff. It just depends on what the content is. I just don't like gratuitous violence. <laughs> don't, I just don't want to watch violence for the sake of it. It's not a fun time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, no. So I guess like uh, I I enjoy both, and okay. so I do enjoy both yeah. in this episode. But I can see that if someone preferred one to the other, that it would be very difficult watching this episode when those two plot lines are just interwoven with each other, where yeah. they don't really connect. And one of the things that you enjoy in a TV show is where the B plot line supports the A plot line in some capacity. It is a fan of mine, yes. Here it has very little relation not. at very. all. Um, which is often how the show works. It takes a while for you to realise how they're linked, because it's more of a detective-style show. And, but what I think is I do appreciate about the books and about what this, where the series is going to go, and from the cast I'm very excited about where, where the show is going to go um, because it's it's a very diverse cast in the second season uh, that's coming up and, you know, nothing about skin colour or, or well, some ethnicities were mentioned, but remember, I don't like the author of these books. I, I'm going to I'm gonna listen or read the book before the next season comes out, but it's very interesting to me to see how this television show changes things up because mm. originally in the books, his Envoy stuff was never really mentioned. You start hearing a lot about his Envoy stuff in the second book. Yeah. Um, because the second book is not a detective book. It's actually a war Indiana Jones kind of... <laughs> Adventure. <laughs> Adventure. Uh, trying to find, you know, uh, missing artifacts on... Alien artifacts on different planets. But a really interesting aspect of this show uh, is uh, of... of this this context of this greater world of, you know, the Takashi Kovach novels, the Altered Carbon Universe, is seeing how the technology changes the way that we act. And uh, I guess I really enjoyed seeing uh, the torture, how if we could sleeve bodies, if we could, you know, uh, download consciousness, uh, you know, what are the limits that we would now put on ourselves for torture? Can we privatise this? You know, mm. can you, you can kill someone without actually killing them. I also kind of vaguely wondered that about the torture as well. I, I kind of wondered, like, if you were in a VR torture and you were in excruciating pain, mm -hmm. but you knew it wasn't permanent, like, if you were like, well, yeah, they can keep doing this to me forever, but, like, there's no, like, they can chop off my leg, but I know my leg's still going to be there. Like, does it, I wonder if that would change how you can, how torture would affect you. Is my In terms is my of, wonder. like, more horrific torture would need to be created to combat the fact that people would be able to be like, oh, this isn't real, this isn't real. Yeah, I yeah, mean, pretty much. Remember, they do mention in it, and also how it feels in dreams. Dreams can feel real, even oh, though yeah. you know, they're not real. The thing is, the, the pain of it is exactly the same as it would yeah. be in real life. Yeah. I understand that. But I also, I also just kind of was sitting there thinking, like, some of the 
pain of torture, some of the like emotional pain, I guess, yes. torture is thinking like, don't gonna... chop off my leg, don't chop off my leg, don't chop off my leg. I'm going to be without my leg. Like even just fingers. Like we or see fingers, that. It's, or, it's a very small thing, but very know, painful. Don't could pull do out someone. my teeth because I'm going to be missing. Like that, the kind of permanency of what can happen to yeah. you during torture. Yeah. Um, it means that you can't rely basically on fear anymore in torture. Therefore, mm. I think you have to go for the pain more, which is what they seem to be going with. Yes. But it's just, I just kind of wondered about that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've also got this, uh, this uh, mentality of, oh, it's, it's, it's in VR. So we're not actually physically hurting them. But then when they wanted to like, our, our methods always work or our codes always work. The, the head of the honcho is like saying to Bobo and he's all like, uh, no, or Dimitri in the show. If you knew, if you don't know, we're not up. He but isn't Dimmy the guy that died. They're, they're the same person. So double sleeved means that your consciousness is like you've doubled. It's like you've copied and duplicated your uh-huh. sleeve consciousness, and you're in two bodies. So you're double sleeved. So you're actually like you're in one body. Your consciousness is one body yeah, experiencing right. one things, and then your other, your the same consciousness is in another body experiencing other things. But now they're separate people. Double sleeving is a criminal act uh, in this right. world. You can't just put your consciousness in a bunch of people. I did not understand that stuff. at all. He called himself, he kept referring to his brother, so yes. I assumed he meant a literal brother. It's, it's, it's literally himself, but he thinks of him as his twin brother. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You learn about it that more in the first episode towards the end of the I second mean, it episode. Really it really matter. It didn't really matter. I just wanted to know you that was like, what's his name for Battlestar Galactica forward slash dollhouse? When you see his face, that's why. <laughs> like, that's a point. Um, see. Because see. that was a, that was relevant to this episode in the torture scene when you realise who he is. I so mean, it wasn't just a representation of, oh, you killed my brother, this is my brother's face. It's like... I, I have uh, also been that person. Yes, yes. Or I am also that person. Yes. I think, okay. Um, um, yes. yes. But no, I, I do think it is It is very interesting that when you have the head honcho talking about, oh, we've got this new thing in from China, the girl we had in was gone. Yeah, she had a psychotic break. You, you, they're not coming back. Yeah, yeah. So there are these lines that will still be crossed and in the ways that technology tries to get a one-up on advancing technology to the point that it is obscene yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I do enjoy that very much in this show um so that's one of the reasons why i while i don't love torture sequences i do love what you do can... like torture no. sequences though Hang we've on. talked about this <laughs> i love the emotional um reactions and of torture sequences <laughs> that can come out as a result of torture sequences. You like sequence. to see your characters I, get tortured. I don't like to see them get tortured. I you like to see what though. happens to them after they Which get tortured. Which is the point of the torture. <laughs> I don't even I still scream. I still have squeamish I moments. I know. And this isn't like I'm not attacking you, but it's interesting to me that like I remember when we talked about Agents of Shield many, many times ago, you were right. like, I really wanted to get that scene where they torture it was either Bobby or Simmons. I can't remember which one. It was Bobby. And I was like... Oh, no, it was Simmons. I mean, they've both been tortured, <laughs> so... Um, but I was like, cool. But, like, why the torture? <laughs> why do we like the torture? And the I thing is, I don't enjoy seeing that on the screen. I like seeing the chance the actor has to have a, a big emotional moment after such a physically exhaustive experience. Yeah, I think it's... I don't enjoy seeing my characters get tortured. I just want that on the record. <laughs> I don't enjoy seeing people physically in pain. I think it's, I think it's interesting to it see the emotional reactions that can come out of somebody in extreme pain. But I think that we as a society probably need to move away a little bit from depicting torture all the time because I think that in general, we are quite a violent 
people. Mm. I don't like to use the word, I don't like to talk about desensitizing people because I don't, I'm really conflicted on this because I'm not one of those people that's like, video games cause people to kill people. That's not it, but I do think that generally the amount of violence in our culture overall oh, is causing is causing a little bit of that desensitizing, which makes it so that when real violence does occur, it starts to mean less and less. Oh, I mean, turn on the news, you know? Yeah. So I I don't I don't I also went on the record. I don't think that video games and violent movies cause violence. Yeah. I think that overall our society is a little too desensitized to violence, and I think that that may be a very slight contributing factor to, to a whole list of other factors to people who are already things. probably aligned to those kind of tendencies yeah. as a result of other experiences. Totally, of and 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 not only that, but it also like makes me feel really like. Um, like beaten down by life. I'm like, oh, there's already so much violence in real life. Do I have to see it on my screen as well? Like, yeah. oh. Yeah. Um, but oh, anyway. No, 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 that's very valid. And that's yeah. very valid. But one of the, the, the things this show is trying to actually make a point of desensitization, when you've got sleeves, when you've got this kind of technology, um, violence itself, you know. It matters less. Yes, yes. And so it increases. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have fights between people where they will fight to their death. I'm saying with air quotes, but they can just be, you know, their stack chip can be pulled out and then put somewhere else. But then you increase increase the stakes higher. Oh, what if you real death someone? Yeah. Oh, I'll pay money to see that, which is so horrific. But it's trying to put up a mirror to part of society in terms of enjoying certain aspects of violence in, in the world, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, that's yeah. enough. Moving on to the B-plot line. In general, I found this a much more, like interesting part of the episode even if it was a little bit like let's all sit around the dinner table and have a discussion about what it means to be alive and or dead but because this is my first exposure into these discussions I don't know how often they do this on the show in terms of just in investigating what uh, stack sleeve technology actually means in the world to various people um, I found this quite an interesting discussion this is the first time that we've really actually had a conversation about it. Everything else has been a line in passing uh, in terms of more detective work or picking up the pieces or bringing Kovach up to speed to things that have happened in the past 200 years. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, that was a slight oversight of mine. So I guess when you've watched the show multiple times, you can forget that that's a key part of the show. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. Um, but, yes, yes, so uh, you, you get you don't really get to talk about it. We would get explanation of uh, consequences of it or what kind of society does as a result of this kind of technology. Um, or these protesters are protesting because of this kind of religious aspect. And then they move on to other clues and sequences. They don't really talk about the technology too much in this mm. kind of broader mm. sense. And while you mentioned earlier, uh, I think it is a pretty good setting for it. They've set it up pretty well in terms of it's a family discussion. You're not going to change anyone's mind, but it's sometimes it comes to this point where you're like, okay, I'm just not going to sit back and let you say this. Yeah, I think that that was the interesting... I think that was a good way of um, portraying it because it wasn't like a knockdown, drag them out fight where, like, you know, this is going to be the end of anybody's relationship. It's just what happens when you get people with opposing views around a dinner table. Who have more than one glass of something. Um, with more than one glass of something. Um, I think I found it was a really, like a nice way to bring it up with like relatively low stakes, but not zero stakes because, um, because the grandmother was there and she was listening and she was having an active part in this discussion as somebody who has been spun up. So it was kind of like, 
don't know. I, th- I thought it was cool. And it, she was fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that actor is fantastic. You see him in the previous episode as a totally horrible person. And then I loved that just the fact of, like, oh, you know, in this in this world, obviously, mm-hmm. there is a class system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the very rich are literally in the air. Uh, and uh, you didn't really get to see too much of that. You didn't really need to in, in this episode. Um, but... In the first episode, when uh, sleep technology is kind of introduced uh, and explained, um, there's also a, um, a people like leaving fridges, you know, sleeves coming out of fridges with new stacks in them. People who can only be given a sleeve that the state could afford the money to. Say, for example, a six-year-old girl, the victim of a horrible shooting, their insurance or the government only gives them enough money for a so-and-so grade sleeve. So their six-year-old daughter is put in the sleeve of, like, a 40-year-old woman. Mm. But she's alive. But so the government's like, hey, here you go. But also rich people, clones, perfect bodies, uh, all kinds of physical and, like, chemical enhancements and Mm. and all those kinds of ridiculous levels of things. So Ortega might not be at the place where she can afford to put her grandmother in the nice age-appropriate body. So when someone just can't be bothered putting a thug through processing, she's like... Opportunity. <laughs> it's the day of the dead. Yeah. I could use this guy. Yeah. No, I I enjoyed that, and um, I was I did have one quick question. So when she when that guy was first being brought in, mm-hmm. she electrocuted him and killed him. She just tased him. He wasn't dead. Well, that, but this is my confusion. Okay. What happened to the person that was in him? Just took her, take out the stack, and then put him back in. Yeah. Once 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 Nana's done. So every your entire consciousness is not related to your body at all. Uh, brain memories. I know. Memory yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I understand. Um, but, that. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is that, like, when someone is arrested, depending on their crimes, yeah. they will be shelved. So their stack is taken out of their sleeve yeah. and then put in, like, a different way. But it's processing. There's a lot of paperwork involved or, I guess, digital work, uh, screen work, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and then uh, their body is put into a different place for processing to be used by the government by other means that or was at my... a point when they can um, access their own body after paying off their debt. That was my confusion. I, th- I was like, wait a minute, she's dragging him around like he's just a dead body. Does that mean that... When she killed him, like I wasn't too sure if they were literal like USB sticks or if the consciousnesses <laughs> were in the cloud or oh, like okay. how when she zapped him and she kind of dragged his body up, I was like, is he, does that mean that he's no longer in there now? And this is literally just an empty sleeve yeah. for her to use however she likes or is like, w- w- what was happening with that? I was confused. Okay. Um, but I think odd I get detail it. to be concerned about. I guess if you don't have full understanding of sleep technology and that sort of I just was like, I, I wondered if, because I thought she had killed him. And I was like, are they allowed to just go around, are cops allowed to just oh, go around killing she, that's people? That's what you meant in your reaction. Yeah, I was like, did, oh, no, no, did she no, actually no, just, no. And, and maybe that's fine and maybe that's part of the world because <laughs> that, like, you can just kill a sleeve at any time and it doesn't matter. But that's why I was confused. No, yeah, so, so as I mentioned before, Killing and damaging a sleeve is a crime. Um, damaging and uh, destroying someone's stack, an even worse crime. Yeah. Because that's okay. known as RD, real death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so but, all but, that happened when is he was he's arrested, a big, he... I think he was just a big boy. And they, it was taking two people to kind of, like, hold him back. Yeah, yeah. And then when she's, she's like, I don't want to deal with this, I'll zap you. Okay, now you're bloody heavy, and but at least I'll be able to just put you in the place where I can put your stack here and then get my Totally. And when they refer to slabbed, again, I assume that that was, like, nickname for, like, getting him into the morgue, but I guess slabbed actually means like taking the 
person out of the sleeve so that he is just like an empty shell. Yes, uh, yes. Um, I think slab is referring to the sleeves and shelved is referring to the stacks. Sure. <laughs> I was going to put that in there as well to tell you what shelving was, but I was like, does she need to know? That's not really in that episode too much. No, it's okay. Like, again, none of this is, like, necessary information for the plot, but it just it helps me to understand what things mean in this world. Mm. Um, again, like, this is the the downside to not introducing someone to the first episode of a science fiction yeah. show, where a lot of this expository is given in hopefully not too clunky dialogue. I did enjoy it. it. They did a little clunky in the beginning, but I'll give them that because it's like, here's an infomercial. It's an advertisement. It's explaining all of the technology. How convenient. Um, Wait, when? At the very first episode, the kind of like... Oh, when he's, sure, when, sure. He's, when that little six-year-old girl's been putting a different body, there's kind of like a screen that's showing you what stack technology is yeah, and how yeah. that all works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's... I enjoy an environmental expository... Totally, which I think this like, episode does. I think this show does pretty well. Yeah, like yeah. Most of the stuff I got without needing actual exposition, I understood at least perhaps not the specifics, but I understood at least the feeling of the. Yeah, world. and you totally knew what Ortega was talking about in the discussion with her um, brother or uncle, whoever he is. Well, um, I mean, that's not necessarily like technology. Specific. Oh, I suppose yes. It's if, more, if, if it's you more could philosophical. Ask, if you could ask uh, a victim if uh, once they were dead, who killed them? Why not? Mm. I was like, Ortega, there are kids at the table. Don't bring up rape victims. I know, but those kids <laughs> did not seem to mind. No, they did they not. were pretty chill about the whole thing. I think, yeah, this world, like you see those kids playing some fairly violent video games later on. It's not, it doesn't seem that it's important. It's not really this kind of just an emotional weight or a kind of scene mm. that that reflects back onto in just terms of world building. I think this, this show does a really good job of world building. This is specifically is an episode that really takes a step back from being in that <laughs> world because you're stuck in two sets. Mm. Almost for the entirety mm. of of the episode, but that's okay because I the world doesn't always mean the literal environment. Yes, the world means how people think and feel about things within the environment. Exactly, and so that's what that's why it was helpful to hear just the, you know the the feelings on this thing within a particular family and mm. how it differs within a family from somebody who's a cop who may have had the same upbringing but now sees what this technology can do for the world versus. Um, you know, the, the rest of the family who are really traditional and don't necessarily believe in it. My question is, yes. if this technology has been around for 300, 300 years-ish, years? 360, I find it quite hard to believe that there are still people around who really don't consider that this is a viable option. A viable option. I find it quite strange that, like, there are very few attitudes, feelings, um, or... Um, even technologies that existed 300 years ago that we've now, that we continue to not be on board with. Like, I feel like once... Once technology reaches a certain point, it's considered normal. Yeah, exactly. So, like, sure, some people were against... Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Just standard medicine? <laughs> like, factories and stuff. Like, oh, okay. You know, right. the um, the industrialization of our workforce. And, and I now, like, we can now look at it and kind of go, like, yeah... In actual fact, the industrialization of the workforce totally destroyed the planet. But we're not going to stop partaking in the industrialization of the workforce. Mm. Um, or very few of us are able to decide to source all of our clothing not from, you know, factory-made yeah. um, places. Yeah, ethically sourced locations. Um, yeah, yeah. But even ethically sourced is different. Yeah, Ethically sourced, true. it's still you're still using machines, machines to make it. Yeah. Um, it's just that the, the source is better. So I kind of struggle to understand why there is still so much um, 
uh, what am I saying? Like, um, push, push against. I mean, yeah. that's not quite what I'm no, looking no, for, no, but, no, but yeah. um, reluctance. <laughs> yes. Why there's so much reluctance to adopt this technology when it seems to have been very firmly ingratiated into society at this point. The problem with the example you gave is that that didn't have to do with religion. Sure it did. Really? The industrialization? Totally. Everything there was a religious back, uh, backlash? Everything has to do with religion. Okay, hang For on. For starters, you could much easier combine your fabrics and have... Oh, um, yes, mixing of threads that's in Leviticus. Chapter three, I think. I mean, that's just one thing. <laughs> but just generally, you know, it. you're right, it had less to do with religion. At a certain point, in the way that you were phrasing mm. that um, argument in terms of... Uh, certain mindsets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think religion is is tenacious. Mm. Uh, Look at how long uh, certain religions have lasted. Totally. uh, Many hundreds of years in in certain situations. Uh, Some, I am surprised, still exist and have not been many hundreds of years old um, that I get flies about. And I'm like, come on, Scientology? Anyway, um, I will say, though, uh, I, I think that it is, it's part of the plot. It's part of a C plot that you don't realize is happening because mm. um, it's introduced in the first episode. It has something very important to do with Riker, which you learn about in the next five minutes of the next episode. Um, and the very discussion that they're having isn't just an ethical discussion. It's actually very important to an underlying motivation and um, clue as a result of this entire uh, murder conspiracy case that Kovach is actually working on, which is I, just, I love that they don't you know shove it in your face. It takes a while for that. Because they don't really talk about Neo-C or, like, uh, Catholic, what's it, coding or whatever it's called, I think, in terms of on their stacks or renouncing. They talked They talked about how the grandfather was coded. Yes, yes. And has been coded forever yes, or something. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe it's called referred to as Neo-C, uh, which is something that you can have on your stack coding so that you have a religious contract that is binding and it's your final word and no one can bring you out for any sort of uh, effect. And there's like a bill and a protest that's all being put around about it in terms of letting moral beliefs still continue to thrive. Does everybody get a stack when they're born? Is that yes, how this that's works? mentioned in the first episode. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So while you won't have access to the best sleep technology post your body that doesn't, your, o- your OB, that mm-hmm. doesn't really make it all the way through, uh, everyone is given that opportunity who lives in these certain areas. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I, I'm not mad at the fact that they had this religious discussion. I think it was interesting, and I think it's interesting to see both sides of the argument mm-hmm. um, and to see uh, somebody, uh, I think the most interesting perspective on it obviously was the grandmother who sat there and was having a ball and really enjoyed being there. <laughs> I'm peeing standing up. I'm peeing standing up and, <laughs> and defended um, Ortega's feelings on the subject yeah. and was like, yeah, this is a good thing that we can do this. But at the end of the day, it was like, but it's not for me. Mm. Um, I, 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 still, I, I still believe that death is a part of life and, and I don't really want to come back up again. Yeah, she's like, I, 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 look, your, your father believes in heaven, uh, your grandfather believes in heaven, I don't believe in heaven, but... I'm done. Yeah, totally. Thanks for the quick joint. Yeah. <laughs> Always wanted to try it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, it, I think that that was an interesting way to look at it. And I think that kind of helps to explain a lot of, not explain, but it's kind of a depiction of the way a lot of people may feel about, um, you know, the concept of something versus having it apply to you. Yeah. You know, um, it's the idea that, like, you may be 100% pro-choice, 
but when it comes down to it, go like, oh, I could never have an abortion because it's not for me. Right, yeah, It's yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't really think about the grandmother's role in that way. Um, as being a non-religious person representing an older lifestyle, but it's mm. also just like... But what is interesting, I guess, about this world is that it is also the envoy's mission. And they don't believe that because of any religious affinity. Mm. They just believe that that is the natural order of things and it only leads to bad things if people can um, live forever, essentially. I disagree. I think this is terrible technology. Um, if, if, if anything's going to happen, it needs to be like um, Pushing Daisies style. You've got one minute to live and tell me who killed us, and then you're back to dead again. Like, Oh, you remind me how much I love that show <laughs> and how great it is if we could just ask victims of crimes who did the thing to them. Yeah, like that element of it is good, but that seems to really be the only good element as that far as I can tell. The show? I mean, no, that's like in terms of me personally feeling about this um Technology. No, like, yeah, if yeah, this technology yeah, were yeah, around today, yeah. um, I, I can see how it would be controversial because, yeah, while I can look at it and go, like, cool, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to save, like, give people a second chance at life who died really young. Yeah, definitely. Or um, save people from the grief or find out who killed them and we give them justice. We can't kill cancer. We can put them in a different body that doesn't have cancer. Totally. But at the same time, I'm a very firm believer that, like, Death's gonna happen. Yeah, we need to die. Yeah. The, the the finality of death is so important to us trying to be generally decent human beings. Because um, I think that that's a that's a definite motivator if people realize it's subconsciously or consciously, because you can't just go around doing bad things to people because you know you'll be put in prison or bad things will happen back to you. I mean, like there is a punishment to certain But that's got nothing behaviors. to do with life and death and how long you live for. That's punishment, punishment. I guess that is just punishment, punishment. I think I think if you're thinking about um, uh, the role that death plays in monitoring our behaviour, that's a big thing in religion, obviously. Yeah. If you do good, you go to heaven, but in order to do that, you have to die um, and you have to be dead forever. And, you, and like, it's in the scripture, you were given one life, actually. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, but for me, I mean, I think of it more as like a sustainability thing. Like, Oh, yeah, overpopulation. Overpopulation. And, and I don't know how that works if... Um, there's the same amount of bodies. Peak people Wait, can make bodies. How do, where do the bodies come from? People are still born. People still get pregnant. Life continues on, but people can also clone and shit. And genetically so all modify the people. sleeves are clones? No, 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 no. Most sleeves are human unless you're super danky rich or you're like running a fight uh, dome. So where do the bodies come from? So I just told you two sources. No, no, but like, let's say the the six year old girl, yeah, who died, yeah. and then got put in the body of the forty year old woman. Yes, who was the forty year old woman? Probably someone who committed a crime and is going on for it to continue life sentence. Or oh, so, okay. so, so you remember the guy at the, the beginning shell, the of people the people who yeah, get shelved. Yes, yeah, they provide bodies to other people. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of like a recycling of uh -huh. materials. <laughs> terrifying, but okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely terrifying. But the fact that, like, a human body is now actually a resource, you know, it's not just a human. It's not yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. life. It yeah. is a resource. Yeah. No, sorry. I forgot about the shelving for a minute. Now that I remember the shelving, yeah. the, yeah. the rest of it make all make sense. Yeah. Um. So fancy rich people have bodies that look exactly like the same person all yeah, the time yeah, yeah, or yeah. certain other things. Other people have access to other bodies. Like, it seems that Bancroft has particularly chosen I just chosen wanted to make sure that we weren't just, like, randomly wiping people. I no. think my I'm a little bit, like, um, I feel like this is so similar to, like, 
dollhouse as in like where dollhouse could have gone in oh, the future okay. because that's like the kind of stuff that they were playing with later on where yeah. they were just like, Oh, I'm, I'm tired of this body. I'm going to um, get a new one basically mm. where they downloaded all of their consciousness yeah, yeah, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Someone else, yeah. Um, and it's a very similar concept to what they were playing with later in the seasons mm-hmm, in Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. I think earlier on in, in Dollhouse they were more playing around with, like, what does it mean when um, an empty body gets put with, you know, different personalities? But later on it became like, wait a minute, what about me? Who am I if my, uh, my consciousness gets put in someone else? What if there are seven of me? What if this? What if that? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and when they get into those kind of flash-forward episodes in that, show do you remember those they yeah, were the fun ones yeah, yeah. Like the the you know society's gone mad because there's just people yeah, running around other people's bodies all the time i was like i need to watch that last episode again it was great <laughs> it was really good i just thought they're like we saved spoilers obviously for almost anything we talk about in the show um but like you know we saved it oh no we didn't oh yeah that's right yeah yeah um, <laughs> the, the second the season this the, penultim- the penultimate episode the penultimate episode is like we did it we did it oh shit yeah once technology is out how do you stop it from totally out totally yeah. which yeah. is um anyway just those same kind of themes are obviously um relevant to this show uh but now I, I realize that they aren't just randomly like taking people no, yeah, off so the streets. I love that. I love that. That's where your mind was thinking about, though, because you are thinking about details that I just didn't necessarily think about. Even three episodes in, or two books later, um, three episodes in, three watches in, or two books later. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Where are the bodies coming from? Where are the bodies coming like, from? It does definitely like. I can't really terrified about that. <laughs> I've only seen this particular colony, but. Um, you know, the next book goes to a different planet and, like, the entire environment is not even, like, safe for humans, so they're all, like, dying of cancer, but they're looking, they're, like, just trying to make, get the stuff before their bodies give out and mm-hmm. put their sleeves somewhere else, because originally this technology was actually created as a means for hyperspace travel, so people could actually get to different planets because your body wouldn't last long enough to get there. Mm. Um, and so um, then, you know, technology obviously can find many different uses for something. Of course, of course. Um, um, but, yeah, that yeah. was kind of my idea on overpopulation. If it's, I think it's possibly less overpopulation because you've still got the same amount of bodies. Not when you add cloning and fancy rich people. But not once you add cloning. But, I mean, not that many people are cloning, clearly. No, it's only the fancy half It's only the really, yeah, really fancy yeah. 1%. I think it's more along the lines of people would, probably stealing other people's bodies i like mm. not not to the apocalyptic level of dollhouse <laughs> but to the point that it there is a seedy underbelly to this world mm. you know um and you just you know got to see a little bit of either side of it you know you didn't really see the top you didn't really see the actual slums you didn't really see you know a brothel no but kind of the middle class people who are dealing with this on a on a day-to-day basis and maybe it's not um a part of their everyday lives but it is eventually going to be very important to their lives it's still dangerous for them to walk the streets they still have an opinion they Mm. still are scared they still might believe in things or Mm. strongly oppose things um so i I thought it would just be a while um I'm going to go into why I like this episode because I've been I think t- tiptoeing yeah. around it a lot. And, and we're, we're at that point now. We're ready to start wrapping it up. So tell me why you like this episode um, or why you like this show. Yeah. So the reasons why I like the show, surprise, surprise, about technology. I, I do enjoy It's not actually the philosophical discussions and because I kind of missed the whole Neo-C thing until I got to the, like the last few episodes. I was yeah. like, wait, this was, I was meant to pay attention <laughs> to that. Um, which was very surprising to me that I was like, oh, Gosh, Kurt, were you drunk when you watched the first half of the show? Because you definitely missed a few points yeah. that were trying to like li- like lead you this way. Well, Jane is often much better at predicting shows than I am. I'm all right at it sometimes. Well, no, 
know. I mean, me, I don't know if I am actually that good. I don't necessarily like to sit there and predict. Mm. Um, I kind of like to be taken on the journey. But if I couldn't have predicted it, then I get cranky. <laughs> oh, yeah, if it's not feasible for if you it's to not predict. Feasible, if you weren't given the information somewhere, yes, if even if it was small. Fi- if they tricked me yeah, and yeah. didn't give me the opportunity to work it out, yeah. then I get cranky. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, one of the things about it, you're seeing all these varying levels of classes. A character who isn't in this episode, but a very interesting character who, I'm not sure if you'll watch this show, it doesn't very much seem like a cup of tea, given that the part of the show is violence and part of the show is um, a little gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's not always like that. I would say it's like that, like, 10% of an episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's there's a lot more... Like, the whole amount of torture stuff that you got, normally that would just be people talking and getting clues and posting yeah, something yeah, witty. Yeah, yeah. There's not that much um, tough things to watch in the show. There are, is 10% an episode, maybe, of something that is yeah, uncomfortable yeah. to watch. Yeah. But there's always a, a reason, generally, behind why it's happening. It's another aspect of how this stack technology has affected society and um, how it actually has increased the differences and the space between classes in terms of the very bottom of the slums, the very top of literally in the clouds. Mm. There's actually a place called Head in the Clouds. Um, and so one of the characters who is, uh, I thought Sydney Prescott, but then I realized Sydney Prescott was from Scream. Yes. It's just, she's just known as Prescott. Prescott. Um, is a uh, lawyer to the very fancy rich man, uh, mm-hmm. Bancroft, uh, played by, uh, Tamara Taylor. What do I know her from? I know her from so many um, things. You know her from Bones. <laughs> Okay, I know her from Bones. If you've seen Bones. Yes, totally. Um, I've seen a couple of seasons on and off. Yeah, you have de- you definitely know her from Bones. I, I know her from a couple other things as well. She's definitely been around the block. She was on Party of Five for a she bit. She was you on Party of Five. You know the from- first sentence coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, oh, that's right. She was Wonder Woman in this really weird spin-off of a Justice League animated movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, it wasn't actually Wonder Woman. Uh, it was like a kind of but like it was an animated. Old, yeah, it's an animated movie. So you know like her a, voice. You, yeah, 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 well, yeah. No, she's she's done a lot of DC animated voices actually. Yeah, right. Um, uh, she's often played Amazonians. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, oh. she's cool. I like her a lot. Yeah, I like her too. Oh, Bones. That was so. It's been the a while. The second I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, she's from Bones. <laughs> I guess, like, because I'm not with my mum and dad, I ha- I just haven't watched the show since I left no, university. I, but I did <laughs> watch a lot of it when I was at, um, home. at home. It was definitely, uh, I think, uh, the top shows that were on at our house was uh, CSI, mm-hmm. uh, NCIS, mm-hmm. and Bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You Those just, are the ones that everyone kind of tolerated together. You were just taking me right back to, <laughs> to what my life was like living at home, particularly in those three years before I went to university. Oh, yeah. I forgot you had that little gap. Oh, man. Oh. So much so much watching television with my parents. Um, but, yeah, no, so, but she is a uh, considered a lower uh, citizen who has worked her way up through the knit and bone that she has had to compromise her own opinion of what life is and, and you know, get along with these other people to get to this. The phrase certain... is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's Yeah, phrase. that's not the one I was going for. But I know for. it's not what you're going for, but that's what the phrase would normally be. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad while you took that sip of water, it's like, I know this phrase. I'll tell Kurt why he was wrong. I just Here we go. Think about it. <laughs> no, yeah, otherwise it will bother you, like, for the rest of the podcast Correct. recording. I know, I know. The point was, you enjoy the show yes, because... Yes, and I enjoy the, the way that I see different class systems being affected by this. It's not just seeing the polar opposites. It's about seeing the people in the middle, the people mm. struggling to survive in the middle, the people not wanting to rock the boat like a partner, just like, hey, 
I'm Muslim, you're Catholic, whatever. Mm. It's just like, try not to change the things you can't change. Uh, or, oh no, I'm going to try and change these because I need to. I love Ortega's like, just fighting against corruption and, and, and really trying hard to do something for this society that seems to have been forgotten about by so many other people that she still has to serve with the utmost of respect. That treat them like dirt and just bodies that can be, you know, change as easily as their sleeves. Mm. So it's, um, it's something that I really enjoy. And on my second watch, I enjoyed that there was a more of a philosophical, um, religious aspect, a part of it mm. in terms of how do religions adapt with technologies mm. in terms of when modern medicine became, I'm not sure when it started becoming called modern medicine. It's been called modern medicine because it continues to be made more modern. Right. But when do we start calling it modern medicine? Many hundreds of years ago. Oh, okay, cool. You just, you know, since medicine became a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> since the scientific study of medicine. Oh, okay, yeah, since it became more about... Which is like ancient Greece. Really? We've been calling it modern medicine for that I don't, long? I don't know about the specific phrase modern medicine. Oh, no, it's just in terms of like how some religious people have oppositions to what is known as modern medicine or, you know, yeah. different types of But they're medicinal... quite specific about the things that they will and won't do. Yes, it's not, yes. It's not a broad modern medicine. Um, and it also depends on the individual Yes, and, and yes, because, uh, you know... F- up to, uh, you know, the the pastor of the church right down to the kid in fourth grade who's being forced to go to Sunday school. People can have very different interpretations mm. of what these um, words mean. And so it is very interesting to me to see people who have faith uh, but also are in this world where this exists. How can you still have faith? How does it change? How does it adapt? Mm. Um, will you be abused because of that? Um, will people see opportunity as a result of that? Can faith be a tool? Well, yes, we know that faith can be a tool. It's largely why people consider a number of them to be creations um, to, you know, keep the working class working. But I, I really enjoy the way that I think this has done really good world building mm. um, and it's not exhaustive. Mm. Um, while there is a lot of technology and a lot of mimbo jambo, they give you enough information in the beginning that you're like, okay. And then as other stuff is mentioned, because Kovach is a couple of hundred years out of whack, mm. he knows most of this technology. So he's not a complete fish out of water. But he's also like, wait, what? And then Ortega can just give him a quick one line and be like, oh, okay, cool. Um, which is a nice way of framing it. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I'm a big fan of any sci-fi show that isn't too heavy on the expository dialogue. Mm. And so this show is fun for me because normally I find detective style shows a bit tedious because they're drawing out one long murder mystery mm-hmm. along with little little tiny ones to try and resolve each episode mm-hmm. and so I, I found that I really enjoyed the noir aspect of this show and they, and they really lean into it in a lot of episodes a lot more in terms of like just even the camera angles and, and, and lighting and so it's really interesting to see the visual language change so dramatically from a Blade Runner-esque looking world. It, it looks great. It does look fantastic. You didn't see much of the outside, but it does look quite lovely. Uh, but yeah, no, so I've gone on a long way of saying why I like the show, but I like the technology that's forced other different method types of people to adapt and change, and that it represents so many different types of those people. Um, that's what I really like about this show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to rate this probably a two. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which may sound a little bit more positive than I behaved in this episode. Um, <laughs> it's because the part of the episode that I liked, I really liked. Yes. Um, yes. And, and if I, and I do believe that um, as long as the violence isn't 
too bad in every episode, I think I can get past a lot of that. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 10 to 15%. Yeah. You could probably tune out most of the violence. They don't really give many important information when those things happen. Mm. But Ortega, I, I love Ortega's character and especially Kovac's sister. You, these characters are so much more fleshed out is the word Kovac I was has a sister? Yes. So you recognize, what's her name from Australia, from Doll's House? Audition! Yes, she's the one who was hiding in the closet with him in the previous episode. The reason why they were talking in the flashback, that's his sister. I see. I didn't think there was, not relevant to this episode at all. No, it wasn't. (laughs) So I didn't tell you, (laughs) but she's his sister and she actually plays a decent role in this series. Okay, cool. She plays more of a decent role than, what's his name, love interest, I give you my heart. I have no idea what her name is. No, I don't either. (laughs) Because she wasn't even in the first book. Yeah, she wasn't um, relevant. No, um, but uh, okay. yeah, it's... Um, I... Yeah, no, I, I think that there's... I mean, I'm not particularly interested at this stage um, with Kovac as a character, so I will hope that the supporting characters around him will become more... in will, will be interesting enough to grab me or that I'll find something in Kovac that I like. It's hard. This just wasn't a character-heavy episode for no, him. No, no. We didn't see anything about him except that he gets tortured and um, in the past he did some mumbo-jumbo and fell in love with a woman and just got out of the thing. And But also he was a bad guy, but then he was a good guy training with using his knowledge about being a bad guy to help. But now he's neither of those things because it turns out it's 200 years later. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that, like, without all the information, you have picked it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I got it. It's fine. I threw one flashback or two, maybe two. There were, like, two or three. There were yeah. quite a few. Yeah. So it, it's... It's, I'd probably say 20% of an episode, 20 to 25%. Mm. I think this was probably a little flashback heavier because he was on a torture chamber. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you get a bit of flashback, whether that be to when he was super young with his sister before whatever happened happened or when he was uh, older um, playing What's-His-Name from Bionic Woman as What's-His-Face's trainer. <laughs> okay, stop. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, two eyes. Two eyes. Two eyes. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite keen to at least give it a go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't guarantee I'm going to get very far because no. I'm still hesitant. I think if you give this a go, you're going to stop after episode two. <laughs> and that's entirely possible. But it is something that I actually I know I can't watch casually because I tried that. I have seen the first episode. Yeah, that's right. I watched it while, like, cooking or baking and I got... When it came out. I have no memory of anything that happened in that episode because you have to sit down and watch it. I told Jane to watch this, like, two or three times before I was like, okay, I'm just not going to tell her to watch it because I think it'll make a good episode later down the line on the podcast. But I really enjoyed this show when I was watching it. There are things that you're not going to like about this show. Left over, I think, heavily from the author. Mm. But... I want you to know that they've done a lot. I know. <laughs> no, they've done a lot. They've done, they've made significant progress with how poorly written and developed these these female characters were originally in the, in the text. Yeah, it's hard when is, you've got shitty source material. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just really happy to see, because, you know, so much more people are like, the book so much better than the movie. Um, I really like it when a TV show has really enhanced mm. on the original source material. Oh, I think cool. that is uh, speaking good things for the future, because originality is dead. <laughs> Originality is dead. And on that note... (laughs) What's been in your eye this week, Jay? uh, In my eye this week is uh, recently released on Netflix is season two of No Good Nick. 
So I, I see this pop up, and what is this? So No Good Nick is, you know, a couple of weeks ago we spoke about the different um, sitcoms that we've been watching, Netflix, yes. Netflix sitcoms. Yes. So No Good Nick is the one that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's basically about a young girl who um, arrives on the doorstep of this family um, because she, and she's like, where were you? You were supposed to pick me up. You're my new foster family because you're my, um, the dad of the family is supposedly her second cousin twice removed, something or other. Okay, and I'm lost. <laughs> That's not important. No, it doesn't matter. Um, but the point is she's scamming them. Right. Oh. Um, and, and for various reasons she is scamming them and and there's these actual foster parents that are trying to get money out of them but she's got her own motivations for wanting to do it and it's a whole big thing um season one i enjoyed and was fine season two i liked a lot more uh, because we got to understand a little bit more um of why she was doing what she was doing to this family um and i think we got a little bit deeper into the emotional stuff and we also got to see the, all the flaws of the family she was living with. Well, in the first season, they were kind of like the perfect family with like some little flaws. In the second season, we see like, oh no, they're very flawed, and um, and they have done some bad things, and this is why Nick doesn't like them. But they also does that make them bad people, or is it just people that have done bad things? Um, I kind of liked it. I really enjoyed. It. I watched it all the other night. Oh, <laughs> I just binged the whole second yeah. season. They're only yeah. like 10, 10 episodes right, of, an, and right. of a half hour sitcom. Yeah, yeah, so they're very very easy to go through. Um, I quite recommend it. It was good. Yeah. So it's sitcom. It's a sitcom. Huh. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> I love that we say that so surprisingly these days. In the in the first episode back for a second, I actually thought that it was a sitcom without a laugh track. Oh, okay. Because the laugh track is used pretty sparingly. So it's not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Generally, they announce that shit at the beginning because they're super proud of it. There is sound of people laughing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It may be a live studio audience. It may be laugh track. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it could be both. I mean, sometimes they, they record the laugh because it doesn't work for the audio. Totally. Yeah. I, I can't tell what exactly it is. Um, I could look at the credits if I needed to, but yeah, so it's, but it's not used really obnoxiously. I don't feel like there's a That's laugh important. after every line. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's just after some of them, which makes me think it could be a studio audience. Um, but yeah, I've pretty much enjoyed it. Mm. What about you? What's in your eye? Well, uh, going off last week for the listeners, I have seen all of Roswell. Yay! New Mexico. Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> the different show with yes. a comma. Um, um, how did you think? I, we, we were sort of texting each other throughout, so I know how you felt throughout. Yeah, well, um, uh, when I, I figured out what was happening and why she couldn't spoil it for me, and I'm not going to spoil it for you guys here, <laughs> because I, I do think it's genuinely something for people to check out. It was a pretty good twist, right? It was a pretty damn good twist. I'm glad I saw it coming like an episode before they really showed us what yeah, was happening, but yeah. I, I wasn't. I was still pretty late in the game to to, to predict it, but I'm I, glad I got there. No, I think that that's about the right time to predict it. Yeah, um, that, that felt, like, just smart enough mm. that you weren't being spoon-fed. Yes. But, like, like and later on in the season enough to be like, oh, they were guiding me here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but those, that's what we've been watching this week, and I'm really happy to hear, uh, you know, what I expected for your rating, actually. I, I normally don't know where it's going. Oh, right. But I was, uh, I was thinking... 
this is this is a very peculiar overlap of an episode that actually was one of my favorites in mm. the first season, uh, and that I thought would give you something that you would really yeah, enjoy. Yeah, it's given me something to hold on to, which is yeah, good. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we've also follow us on social media at Made You Look Pod. Mm-hmm. You can email us on jacarandamedia at outlook.com. Um, have a look in the show notes for that email address so you can copy and paste it and not try and spell out jacarandamedia. Mm, not easy. Uh, and Or you can do none of those things, but still please tune in next week. Um, we would love to talk in your ears. Yes. Thank you so much. Way of saying that. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. I yeah. uh, hope you enjoy us talking in your ears, and I hope your ears have a pleasant week and the rest mm. of your body as well. Or your sleeves. <laughs> the rest of your sleeves. Oh, dear. And, and your stack. I hope your stack enjoys us too. <laughs> oh, gosh. That sounds a little sexual. Mm. Okay. Bye-bye. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. I can't spell it. Pneumonia. Hurting feelings. I can spell it. Thank you very much. I'm all I said I can't. Oh, right. Can't you? E. No. It's not E. Pneumonia. Isn't it E-U? Pneumonia. Pneumonia. It starts with an N, then goes to an E? Actually, it starts with a P. Oh, it does. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.